0: Hey guys welcome back welcome into another episode of the evolution podcast this is number 173 with captain Ted Pledger as always I'm your host Jeff Bayless you know you can find me on Instagram Jeff Bayless underscore and as always if you get anything out of the show uh, first you know it really does help to rate and review over at iTunes but also you know just share it with somebody that it might resonate with I think this story is definitely gonna resonate with you. so uh, I met uh, Ted through, uh, you know, I was at a, a destroyer squadron. And he was the former commanding officer of USS Cole, and uh, you know, I, I say this in the show, and I, you know, I, I mean it. That I think that certain commands, certain places, they, they strategically place talented people there, and uh, that that command was definitely on that uh, on that list of places to go where uh, you know the talent was definitely uh, obvious. Uh, throughout the, the deck plates, So, you know, I, I think we as leaders, you know, whether you're in the military or not, you know, if you're in a leadership position and you have subordinates or, you know, people that you work with, that you would want the best version of them, right? You want the best version of them, which may at times require them to seek outside help for a, a period of time, you know, nothing to be ashamed about, right? If somebody came to you and said, hey, boss, you know not doing so hot like something's not right I need to take the afternoon off and you know go talk to a therapist I think most of us would be like yeah great no problem right like you do you we need bet the best version of you come back in the morning strong and refreshed right and yet we don't see just a whole lot of this out of the senior leadership and we know that it you know that all, we're all human or we're spiritual beings having a human experience but you know they are not immune to this um, this desire or this need to, uh, you know, just get a little bit of help to be the best version of them, uh, to keep that, that mental sharpness. Uh, so, Again, uh, Ted, if you know, if you listen to this, uh, you know, it, or for your family and friends that do listen to this, you know, I just want to say, I, I appreciate your uh, courage because it's not, uh, you know, it's, it's not so common it, and it needs to be a little more common, right? And, you know, I, I say this a lot, but when we talk about courage. We think of men running into the battlefield. And when I talk about courage, I'm talking about men being real men who aren't afraid to share, uh, you know, when they just needed something to help them kind of get through a period of time. And so uh, kudos to you, sir, I tipped the hat, uh, much appreciated and, uh, you know, very proud to know you and bring your story here to the Evolution Podcast. So everybody, enjoy. All right. Uh, So first of all, uh, it was an honor to serve with you. Uh, I always thought, uh, I remember when you got selected for captain, I was thinking like, I, I think I even said it to you during, you know, a towing evolution import. I was like, you know, it's always good when the Navy gets it right because they don't always get it right. You know, there's the human factor involved with, uh, these selection boards for, you know, what, whether it's chief, mass chief, CMC, captain. Uh, so first of all, thank you for your service. Uh, you know, the, the, that, uh. That selection to USS Cole, I'm sure, is not something that goes lightly either, right? They don't put chumps on the on the museum ship. So uh, just want to, you know, come in with an intention of gratitude and just honor you and, and appreciate you, Ted, for, for coming on and sharing what you're going to share with us today. So uh, I appreciate you, man.
1: Hey, Jeff, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it's it's humbling to hear you say that. And, uh, you know, when you reached out asking me to be on your show is just, it was, you know, very humbling. And uh, I mean, I'm really privileged to be here. And, uh, you know, you do some great stuff. And, uh, you know, I know we'll we'll do some talking in, uh, you know, kind of both of our stories, I'm sure. But, um, you know, I, I heard your story a couple times, you know, as you presented it to our crew and uh, just really inspiring. And uh, I just want to say thanks for everything that you do. So, and thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, now we're, now we're kindred spirits, right? Now we're, now we're on the same yeah, vein. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good stuff, man. So, all right. So, um, you know, I guess, Let's just jump into like, I always like to start with the present, right? Because a lot of us focus way too much on the past and the future, right? When really, you know, there's tons of great luminaries that have the philosophy that the present is really all you have, right? You know, the past is your interpretation of that and the future, you don't know what it holds, right? So what are you doing now? What gets you fired up? Where are you headed next? Did you put on 06 yet or were you, are you waiting? Yeah. So promoted last fall. Okay, Cool. Congrats. Sorry. I guess it's yeah, been a while since I saw you first landing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So put on 06. Uh and, and what are you doing now? Like we'll get you fired up. We'll get you motivated. Navy or not Navy. You know yeah. what I mean? Just take it, take it wherever you want.
1: Yeah. So I uh I'm I'm stationed here on the in Hampton Roads at, at Suffolk at the joint staff, J7. And uh we're a deployable training division. So we travel around to uh you know headquarters combatant commands and uh you know help them out support their exercises stuff like that um but you know really what, what fires me up and you know gets me motivated um you know these days is uh i've got a lot of family time and it's just been nice coming off sea of um you know my work when we're not traveling on the road we have a lot of flexibility so able to spend a lot of time with my my son and my wife my wife rebecca son uh, henry he's 11 and uh that's just been it's been great and uh, you know what gets me out of bed in the morning? I, I had a meeting this morning at 08, so that was kind of pushing me. But uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the other piece is um, the uh, you know I, I I'm a kind of a morning person. I started uh, getting up early in the mornings uh, several years ago, and uh, I you know I'm an introvert, so it's just the quiet and the solitude, and I can just kind of do my own thing. And, uh, you know, I kind of found that earlier I wake up the more time I get. So I just kind of like getting up early and reading and uh, you know, journaling and, uh, you know, running. Um, and that, that's my time. So I get pretty excited about that as well.
0: Yeah. All that kind of sounds like, uh, my last guest, uh, commander John McCaskill, he's a Navy SEAL retired. That was uh, part of operation red wings. And he talks a lot about mindfulness and meditation. It kind of sounds like yeah. what you're talking about there is, you know, that's your mindfulness time, right? Even if it's moving exactly. mindfulness as a you know, in a run, or even if it's, you know, journaling exercise, that's a mindfulness practice, right? So that's, that's really cool, man. So um, don't know where you're headed next, uh, waiting on waiting on those orders, but where we met was aboard USS Cole, I believe you were the XO when I got there, and then you took command. Yep. Um, and, and I guess before we talk about the Cole, and you know, the real, you know, how we how we got reconnected here. Um, I don't, you know, God bless you, thank you for your service, but I don't, you know, let's not do the whole, you know, like yeah. let's not spend half the show on your whole, uh, your, your bio, but if you wouldn't mind, you know, just kind of giving folks a little bit about yourself uh, before we get into the coal and, and, and the, the, the resiliency piece.
1: Yeah, so I can, uh, I just kind of hit the way tops here, but um, I was um, actually born here in uh, Hampton Roads, I'm a Navy brat, so moved all over, spent a lot of time in the East Coast, um, and then uh, went to the Naval Academy, and, uh, uh, you know, from there it was a slope surface warfare and, uh, that's what my dad did. And, uh, uh just 22 years to doing that. And it's been a great experience. Um, so, uh, yeah, like I said, I've been married almost 13 years now. I've got 11 year old son, Henry. Nice. And, uh, we've been here in, uh, Virginia beach for about, about five years now. Yeah. Um, and it's been a, it's been a fun ride. Yeah.
0: And most of the folks probably know whether they've seen officer and a gentleman or not. And I'm not trying to over explain things, but, you know, being a ring knocker from the Naval Academy, that's, that's no small fee as well. Right. You guys are pretty proud of that. So, um, I gotta, I gotta ask you before we get into the full conversation, like I, I've always had this feeling that certain ships, like maybe it's just by luck or by chance or certain commands, not even necessarily ships. Like sometimes, uh, do you feel like there's a a on purpose selection to certain commands where they put like really good people or is it just luck, you know? Cause I, 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 I've always wondered that I, I have my own opinions, but it seemed <laughs> like, you know, the coal, like, like I said earlier, like that ship has been through so much, you know, and yeah. they certainly, at least from my time on board that ship, boy, everybody was really professional and very squared away and very motivated, very smart. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've never served it uh, as, you know, a detailer or somebody that kind of picks people for jobs or anything like that. Um, you know, it's, uh, so I, I, I can only speculate, but I, I'll say my, it's, it's kind of a funny story how I ended up uh, getting to coal. And I was originally uh, going to go to a ship out of pac uh, West out of Washington State. That's oh. where my, my wife is from. We've, you know, have been trying to get back there and be near family. So I was going there, and then uh, it's it's a long story, but I, I ended up asking for a reslate to uh, you know a ship out of Norfolk for a couple of different reasons, and the uh, the detail was very uh, you know good good to me and my family and able to work with us on that, and uh, so I kind of just you know they kind of called up and said hey this is this is where you're gonna go, <laughs> so there was, right <laughs> it was kind of an accident I think, um, but I think you know there's there's you know luck involved as well which i would kind of put me in that category um but you know when it comes to, to coal um you know i would say that uh you know i the sailors you know they just you know really embrace the uh the legacy and they're right. proud uh, to be on that ship and uh you know they, they don't want to let those uh we call them the coal heroes you know and those uh sailors that were there when the ship was attacked you know they don't want to let them down um so you know and i think every ceo who who's you know preceded me and those after me would would say it's it's really the sailors you know for anything that that ship has done and done well it's it's that crew
0: yeah i, I totally can i can i can see that as well right where you know if you have a sailors buy in you have their care you know their, their we call it the gas factor you know the the give a s word right you know right. i'd rather have someone that cares that i need to train that doesn't know anything about uh, war fighting. Right. But if you care, I can teach you, but if you don't care and you know everything, oh, well that's, that's a bad combo. Right. So just being proud of the namesake and, and knowing, you know, what that ship has been through, obviously. Um, I, I, I can see that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what was, uh, what was your tour like on Cole? I know that's kind of a basic question. I don't mean it that way, but get run us through like a timeline of, uh, you know, what your experience was there, you know, maybe just, you know, from the first time you crossed the brow to, you know, how, how you left.
1: Yeah. So, um, so I, you know, go through about nine months of, uh, you know, training, uh, before I get to the ship, uh, is that and then, uh, so I got to the ship, they were coming home from deployment. did, uh, they, they did, a uh, it was about a six, six, seven month deployment, uh, fifth, sixth fleet. um. 2017 so i met the ship in july coming home in the azores Spent about a week turning over and then uh, i was the xo there about mid 2017 and uh so you know post deployment crew was pretty tired uh it, it was a you know pretty intense deployment for them but we were still busy for about a year uh 2017 into 18 um you know doing you know training um you know working uh you know, doing port visits, had some big inspections in there. And then we went to the shipyard uh, in mid-2018 uh, and it was supposed to be uh, <clears throat> just under a 12-month uh, period there doing the maintenance and the <coughs> excuse me doing maintenance uh, 12 months and it turned into about 18 uh, for a lot of different reasons and it's not unusual to get extended there. Uh, so about halfway through that shipyard period I uh I left the ship uh, as the XO turned over, um, went to school, took some leave, and came back as the, the commanding officer um, for the second half of the shipyard period. And then, uh, then we left, and I think that's about the time you know towards the end of my XO tour, and then uh, um, met you, and then uh, you know we worked together a little bit, and uh, yeah, so then you know, we left the shipyard, got out of there, and then started the basic phase uh, training. So you know deployment preparations, kind of the, the crawl walk stage and uh, Cole is out there on deployment right now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, that, so I was in command by the, about a year and a half and transferred in uh, the fall of 2020.
0: And there's, you know, there, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but there's already pressure, you know, coming in as the commanding officer and then to be in something like, you know, a, a maintenance phase, which really you could argue like all the phases are, are, have their own challenges, right? But there's a lot of pressure to get that ship back operational, right? Like, what, what, what are you doing about it, captain? Like, you know, you're reporting to your operational commander to the ISIC, right. You know, explaining why you got extended in the shipyard. Plus it's certainly, if you're like an empath or an intuit and you're, you're, you're kind of in line with, you know, what's going on with your sailors, it's a really hard environment for, for most sailors like that, you know, I would say most folks that work in the shipyard as on active duty would rather, be at the Naval station or on deployment, then, you know, and it's kind of a sine wave of, you know, this, I'm telling you things, you know, this is more for the audience, but you know, it's a sine wave in scheduling, right. You know, you have your, your deployment, you come back, there's a little downtime, then you go into a maintenance phase, then there's a training phase up to the deployment. And it's just, it's kind of this reciprocal or repeating cycle of sine wave. Right. And so during this time, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, you're going home if you're not standing duty, but you know, it's, you're working in a controlled industrial area. Right. And I said, you know, it's like a young second class or first class when I had, you know, a good amount of sailors under my, under my, or, you know, not under me, but that worked with me, but I was responsible for their behavior. Um, you know, a lot of people forget they're in the military during that time. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, anyway, that was a long winded way to say, you know, can you kind of describe the command climate during your commanding officer tour and maybe what some of those pressures were, uh, that you know, maybe most people don't know about, right? Because who gets a one-on-one with the captain to ask them? Like, when people come to talk to the captain, they either want results, or uh-huh. they, or they're there because you know you are giving them direction. Very, very rarely you have someone that comes to the commanding officer and is like, "But how are you doing, Ted? You know, like yeah. how are things for <laughs> you, man? Like, are you good? Right? So uh, hopefully, you know, if I had known, I would have said something, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, describe that. Sorry, it was a real long-winded question, but.
1: No, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great point. Um, so first I'll just say, uh, you know, that appeared that in the shipyard. You know, no one joins the Navy to go be on a ship. That's, you know, well, as a peer in the shipyard, right? You Perfect. To join the Navy to, you know, go to sea, get out, do stuff, make port visits, do exciting things. Um, and we just weren't doing that. So, you know, the, the, there's frustration throughout the crew on that. And, and I got that. Uh, but, you know, you work through it and, you know, Doing the maintenance is something that you gotta do. Uh, but you're right, as you come coming out of the shipyard, there's a whole bunch of qualifications and certifications and training you have to do to get to that level, um, just minimum level of proficiency. And that's and that's tough. And later on top of that, uh, we had a lot of system upgrades. So there's all this testing going on, and you know, you're you're kind of coordinating all of this stuff. And, and you know, at the commanding officer level, you're know, you're responsible for it all because you got to keep this tight timeline. And by the way, you're, you know, leading your crew and trying to set the example in the right tone. So you do have that good positive climate and culture uh, that you're always trying to strive for. So uh, we got out of the shipyard and we had some some hiccups there and it wasn't all, you know, rainbows and unicorns. And uh, so we, we got through that though and, and we, we moved on and got underway and did what we're supposed to do. But, you know, that's just the beginning of the story, right? And it doesn't, doesn't let up because ultimately it's all about getting ships ready for tasking and ready for war and and putting them on deployment. And that's, that's kind of the name of the game of what we do. Well, and Um, when you get
0: extended, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you know, I just, just to add a little seasoning to that, you know, when you get extended in a maintenance phase, that deployment doesn't move that, that, that basic phase, that training and that deployment date is the same. So what happens is they just compress all of that and put everything on top of each other and just mush it all together, which puts a lot of pressure on the crew and on the, on the captain. Right.
1: Yeah. So, you know, you thought you had, you know, eight months to get all this stuff done and no, really it's, it's five. <laughs>
0: right. You know, it's example, if you're lucky.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you got to kind of sort through all, all that. And then, uh, you know, the the people stuff you talked about, you know, people are knocking on your door and you know, when they come talk to the captain, it's, you know, it's because they've got something that, um, you know, they, they can't fix themselves or they're, you know, they're obligated to come tell you about it. And, you know, now you got to kind of figure out this problem and it's, It ranges from, you know, Seaman Timmy, you know, did something stupid on Liberty, and you know now they got to go to Captain's Mast, and now you got to call the Commodore and let him know about that. Um, Or it's you know something breaks, and now you got to do some risk analysis, and you know how are we going to get through this, and what's the second, third order effects. Um, So it's it 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 uh, you know it doesn't stop right, and and that's kind of where I found myself um, you know, getting to the, the blog post that I wrote, you know, kind of, it started just to wear on me, um, just kind of the day-to-day. And, and, and everybody goes through it. There was nothing unusual about you know, what I was experiencing, what Cole was experiencing. Um, but you know, the other factor that we haven't talked about was you know, at this time, this is early 2020, COVID's going down, right? So yeah. there's this whole other layer of decision-making and climate and morale. And you know, you had the Black Lives Matter stuff going on, and you know that was something that you know we were very tuned to. And you know, I didn't want to ignore that piece with the crew as well because I knew it weighed on them. Um, but you know, the, like I said, the COVID—it just that was just a whole other layer of stress that I was you know thinking through and, and dealing with from a leadership and command perspective. Uh, so it should, over over a period of time, uh, I just kind of lost lost my fire, you know, and is in the article I talk about, you just, you know, runners, you hit that wall, you know, you're mile 22 of that marathon. And if, if you didn't train properly and you weren't ready, there's just nothing you can do. You're done, you know, yeah. you know. hopefully you can walk, you know, or shuffle. Sure. Uh, but, you know, you're not going to hit that PR, you know, and, and having run some marathons, it's, you know, I knew what that felt like. And uh, I was like, man, this, this sucks. You know, I'm just not enjoying this anymore.
0: That's a great um, analogy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, well, I I appreciate that. And you know, the other thing is I've I've had command before Um, I had the opportunity to be a mind super CEO as an O4. So I kind of was familiar with this command responsibility and and what that felt like. And, you know, you you have rough patches and you have your rough days and and you work through it, but my previous experiences was deep down inside. I I still had that passion. I still, you know, Monday morning I I was looking forward to work and I was excited about stuff um and I didn't feel that way anymore and I I felt guilty and I I just started feeling really ashamed um, Mm. how I felt because because being in command is a privilege and it is something that you know we really kind of hold in in high regards you know um and and I just felt like man I'm I'm not there right now (laughs) you know something's wrong and uh you know so I just kind of can't.
0: I'm reading uh, Think Like a Monk right now, and, and but Brene Brown talks about it too. So you know, I'm sure that this comes from a lot of different uh, people that have way smarter than you or me. Uh, but you know, it's like these feelings, right? That you're talking about, that you're describing. It's almost like you embody them and you think they are who you are, not just like a feeling that you're having, right? right? It becomes a part of who you are. Like, this is not who I am. Like, this is not Ted yep. Pleasure. Like, Ted, Ted likes to go to work. This is not... This is not who I am, right? Um, so it's almost like an identity with the feeling. Does that make sense? Like,
1: no, I, it's exactly um, exactly how I felt, and uh, you know, thanks for for putting it that way because that's exactly what it was. And and I, you know, and it, this is over a period of time, right? I kind of start coming to this realization, and I just thought, this isn't right. This isn't how this is supposed to feel. Um, and it just, and it also kind of manifested that, yeah, you I'm know, just. Um, you know, like at home, I'm just short and irritable with my wife, and it's just, you know, it's get, get kind of rough at times, rough patches, and uh um, yeah. So that, that's that's kind of you know it, and I, I just gutted it through, just kind of like you do in that race, and you just gut it out and get to the end. um And I just felt like I'm, I, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> but yeah. like you said, it's your identity that. I knew that wasn't who I really was. And thinking about it and reflecting on it, um, I uh, I knew if if I am gonna do this again, or or be in any position where I'm responsible for other people or leading people, I I gotta figure this out because I never wanna be here again. Um, Oh, and I do wanna take this opportunity to say, uh, it was towards the end of my time on coal, I read an article uh, by a guy named Jack Curtis. And it's called the, the burden of, or no, it's called the, uh, we need to talk. And he talks about command and he's a, a jet pilot um, and he's now retired, but he talked about his time as XO and CEO of a, a growler squadron and, and reflecting on that at the end of his tour and uh, talking about mental health and how upon reflection, he felt, um, you know, mentally fatigued. Mm. And I thought, man, that's, that's how I feel. That's exactly how I feel. And he, and he talked about how, you know, he probably should have sought some help and and seen a therapist and talked to somebody. And that's what really got me thinking that, Hey, if this is how I feel and this guy is, you know, clearly articulating all this, um, maybe, maybe I should talk to somebody. Maybe that's what I need. Um, so, you know, again, after command, I kind of thought through it and and God bless my wife. It was like every week she was like, are you going to go talk to somebody? Are you going to, are you going to make that phone
0: call?
1: Uh, (laughs) And, uh, and I knew I needed to, and I was going to, but you know, kind of through her persistence, I, I eventually did. And I'm uh, you know, just so thankful that I did because it was a transformational experience.
0: Let, I want to talk about what that experience was like, at least to the the, the depth that you're willing to share. Uh, but I guess before we get there, I would ask, what was the hesitation? Was it the stigma? Was it just uh, you know afraid you're going to lose your security clearance, right? Uh, there's all these weird phobias out there. Uh, I certainly, I have, I don't know if I still have it anymore, but I definitely like in the Navy had white coat syndrome where I was just kind yeah. of afraid to go to the doctor at all. Cause I was like, if I tell them something that, you know, is going to take me off being able to do what I love, boy, that's, you know, that's no good. Right. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, this isn't about me, it's about you. So, but what was the hesitation? Was there a fear or was it just a time thing or what, what was the.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think um, I thought a little bit about this. And I I don't think it was a fear. It, it certainly wasn't the security clearance thing. And and I can talk more about that, but I I've I've heard this, and you probably heard it too. Like, <clears throat> hey, that that doesn't matter, right? That shouldn't matter. Um, and I dealt with enough, you know, in command mental health cases and kind of knew, you know, kind of how that. Uh, process would work. So I kind of, you know, took the, Navy at face value and said that, you know, it shouldn't matter. Um, the clearance thing, but I think the the hesitation, it's kind of like, um, you know, what, what's, how does it work? It's like, the, you know, the first, first step is to admit that you have a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think I just, I, <clears throat> I, I didn't really accept the fact that one, I had a, had an issue And then the second part is that, you know, seeing and talking to a therapist would help me. Like, I just didn't, didn't really connect those thoughts. Like how, you know, what is that going to do for me, right? That I can't figure out on my own or time will just heal. Um, But just, I think it just kind of took a period of about three, three, four months, um, before I realized like, you know what, what do I have to lose? You know, just, yeah. I've heard enough people talk about it. And, you know, I got my wife kind of just, you know, in my ear telling me I should do this. um, And just, you know, could spend that time in reflection. Like, you know what, let's just, let's just do it.
0: It's 50 minutes of your life. You know, I mean, that first session's 50 minutes that, you know, you know, anyway. um, So before we get into maybe how you know, the therapy was helpful, or what other healing modalities were helpful? I would, you know, and certainly I would ask, you know, again, whatever depth you're willing to, to explore here. But I always ask this because I'm always curious because everybody has different ones. Uh, were there any like negative coping mechanisms, right? Like a lot of people, I'm certainly not saying this for you, but, you know, a lot of people reach out to alcohol or porn or, you know, even drugs, even though they're on active duty. Right. I mean, there are certainly people on active duty that have done drugs or gotten away with it and, or, you know, what, or food, right. Shopping. I mean, there's a lot of, I think for me, it was a, and we talked about this actually with, with John McCaskill, like for me, it was definitely like Ironman triathlon, right? Like this was my negative Mm. coping mechanism, you know, and there was some, there was some alcohol in there too. Um, But those, you know, I took the, the exercise to an extreme because it, it solved the wound, right? Like it kind of, I was a hard guy to piss off after, you know, 80 mile bike ride, a 20 mile run, right. In in a training day. So, uh, was it, was there anything you noticed that other than just how you were feeling was, and you said you were short with your wife, was there any kind of negative coping mechanisms that you noticed maybe?
1: No. And, um, there weren't really, and, I'm kind of thinking through this, so a couple of things. So, you know, I mentioned I like to run and I, I would say if anything, I wasn't running as much as I probably, if I, as I wanted to, but to the degree that I was probably helped me, you know, right? and, and you know, like I was able to, my diet's decent, you know? Um, so it was sleeping well, diet was fine, you know, getting some exercise and PT. So if anything, that probably helped me uh, cope.
0: Uh, yeah. Very good. You know, uh, I've, I've talked but, about, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: I was just gonna say, but you know, as far as negative coping, you know, I think the way I dealt with it is you just kind of took all that negative emotion and stress and just kind of pushed it down and
0: ignored Mm, it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's something to getting outside and moving around, whether it's running, cycling, even on a motorcycle, maybe, I mean, the, there's definitely the endorphins and, and dopamine receptors that are going off when you're, when you're exercising like that, but also the EMDR where, you know, therapists will use rapid eye movement to help kind of unblock yeah. some of that stuff. You're doing that naturally when you're running, because you're constantly searching your, you know, your environment. So I, I, I definitely agree with that as well. So so you did reach out for help. Uh, what did that look like for you? You know, did you try to do it very discreetly? Did you do it through the Navy? I know for me, the first time I went and sought help, I paid for it out in town because I was like, I don't want some, mm. doc, you know, some Navy quack like, you know, uh, which was totally a waste of money. Uh, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> what what was your experience like uh, in reaching out? You know, what was that first uh, therapy session like?
1: Yeah, so the first thing I did was uh, there was a, a Navy doctor that I'd worked with, um, you know, through the, through, you know, it was COVID stuff, right? So, you know, this doctor I, I called just to make sure I was in the sw- right swim lane, <clears throat> making decisions on COVID stuff on the ship. So I, I reached out to her and uh, had a conversation with her and just kind of what the options were and just kind of make sure I was, you know, on the right factor there. And, uh, and, you know, she just reinforced what I knew is, is this is probably a good thing that I should be doing um but they sell military one source is the direction that i went and uh, i i knew i was aware of it um but i'd never used it myself so i just googled it the phone number and and called it and uh they just like i said in the article it's, it was five minutes because somebody answers on the second ring and they ask you some questions on kind of what your issue is and you know they don't even really ask a whole lot of questions and they say okay well, do you want to do a virtual or in person I said in person she said okay um, so she put me on hold and 30 seconds later said I've got somebody I'll connect you right now I said wow that was pretty cool yeah and uh, yeah I was just connected with a, a, a licensed clinical social worker uh, here in Virginia Beach and uh, you know I, I got, got real fortunate or got lucky I was very fortunate, the The woman I work with, she's been doing this, you know, about 30 years and works with civilians and military, uh, so very experienced, and uh, yeah, I just went, went to that first session and just kind of talked about how it felt, and, uh, you know, after that, it was just, we talked more about, you know, she, she had, you know, she was a pro, right, so she kind of knew what questions to ask and kind of, sure. you know, what path to go down. Um, but we just had that conversation, like you said, for, for 15 minutes, you know, sometimes it'd be 40 minutes, sometimes it'd be an hour. Um, but it was just, it was just really good. And, you know, I, I learned a couple of things and one is uh, you've got to be consistent about it. Right. I don't think you can go just once or twice. And, you know, at least in my case, um, you know, are things you got to think about and kind of follow up on. Um, so I think consistency is key. And then the other one is, um, you know, I felt like, you know, you got to put the work in you got to, you know, you've got to put a little bit into it, um, you know, because she she would ask me questions and it would really make me hard. And and sometimes she would give me some homework assignments and things to read or you know keep a journal and you know journal about certain things. Um, but I and I tried hard to to kind of put that effort into it to so I could get something out of it.
0: Yeah, you're singing my favorite song, man. That's I mean that's what I taught you know. It's not going to be easy. It is going to require right. work, but it's definitely worth it. Like it's you know on the other side, you know, it's definitely worth it after you've done the work. Plus you'll appreciate it more, you know, like you, you, you did the yeah. hard, the hard stuff, you know, and sometimes the hardest thing is just admitting it. Right. Like you said, just realizing having that objective, you know, for me, obviously you've heard my talk, but you know, for me, there were just so many bells and whistles that, you know, everyone around me, you know, like when I told my wife, I had PTSD, she was like, yeah, duh. <laughs> like, yeah. like, dude, yeah. what do you thank you for finally realizing it, but it took a doctor to tell you that. Okay. I'll do this. But uh, so I'm curious, you know, in, in your session, obviously, you know, we talk about the, the pressure of, you know, COVID the being commanding officer, uh, especially, you know, you definitely did a great job articulating exactly how you felt. I was just curious, was there anything else that came out? Like for me, my experience with it was I came in for one thing, right. I came in because, you know, this was coming up for me at this time. And then, oh shoot, like somehow we uncovered, and I'm certainly not saying this was your case, but you know, somehow we uncovered like, oh, like I had buried this, like you said, I buried it way down that I was sexually abused as a kid, right? Like that would, had never even come out of my mouth before, right? Until I was like 35 years old or whatever. Um, So did, were there some things that you kind of had some aha moments that uncovered some things that you hadn't, ever thought about or maybe like you said stuffed way down
1: yeah so i'll give you an example and uh we were on a third or fourth <clears throat> session and we're, we're talking about stuff and um you know it's kind of explaining you know kind of some of the challenges and, and experiences that i would had and she just looks at me she says you're a people pleaser and i was like wow oh. it's like you just you know, you want, you want to make people happy i was like well yeah right like let's you know, that's not the only thing, but like I, I certainly like that, you know, for a lot of reasons. And so that just kind of opened up this whole thing about, um, you know, and, and I don't want to, you know, sound kind of petty, but uh, it's like it's okay to be selfish, right? And I had a, I had a really hard time, kind of wrapping my head around that. And and, you know, when you get you talk about leadership, and you know, I subscribe to the servant leader kind of model, right? And absolutely, and in the military, we really value sacrifice and sacrificing yourself and I I probably took that to an extreme level um beyond my limits and my capacity. Right. And so we talked a lot about hey it's okay like with time for me. It's it's okay for me to shut my door uh, for an hour during the day and tell people that hey don't don't bug me unless you know something's like an emergency. Right. Because I just like I need that time to recharge. Like I said I'm an introvert that's um, something that, that would be helpful. But, you know, on the ship, I wouldn't do that because I felt like as a commanding officer and, and as a leader, uh, my job is to help my people and to make sure you know, I'm not a barrier to them getting their job. So I, I never wanted to shut my door. I never wanted to be unavailable for them. And well,
0: you can Well, that probably hadn't. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, go ahead. we're talking over each other i was gonna say and you can't pour from an empty cup right so how can you exactly yeah
1: yeah so it's like it's like a spectrum right you know you don't want to be you know such a jerk that you never give anything of yourself but you can't give everything to the point where you have nothing else to give so there's a sweet spot in the middle and you know she kind of helped me work through some of that you know i can i can be a servant leader but still take care of myself
0: yeah very cool You know, as you're, as I hear you talking, I, you know, I I just hope that this kind of reduces that pop filter for anybody else that's hesitating. Right. Because they're very successful people that are going on to do even more successful things because they took a knee and got the help they needed. Or, you know, in, in your case, you know, it it didn't even really take you out. Right. I mean, it wasn't like you had to go down for six months or whatever. And so that, I guess the, the follow-on, you know, question would be like for me, uh, my experience, there are definitely people that I know, uh, that have been in therapy for a very long time and will continue to go to therapy, uh, in perpetuity. Like they just feel like they need to have that weekly check-in some, some people, you know, it's bi-weekly or whatever. Um, for me, I think what has happened is like, things will get to a point in therapy where I've kind of plateaued and I'm, I'm not saying, look, I'm not a mental health professional, neither are you. I'm not saying that this works for everybody, but I'll get to a point where, it's I'm, I'm, I'm good now. Right. And then I'll, I'll kind of, you know, I'll take a break from it from six months or something. And then it's not like the world is coming crumbling down because now I have the skills to notice, uh Oh, like I can pay attention to that. And then I'll be like, you know what? I better go talk to somebody again. Right. Um, and I think that's one thing that therapy gives you is the skills to notice when something right. isn't quite exactly right. Whereas before had you never gone to seek help, you, you just, like you said, you know, try to be a stoic, right. And just muscle through it and grind it out. But now that you have these tools, you're like, Oh, no, I'm going down that pattern again. I'm getting short with my wife again. I'm not taking my me time again. I'm noticing the, these behavioral patterns. So maybe it's time to go check back in. Uh, what was that like for you? I mean, you know, was there a, like a plateaued period where you were like, okay, I, th- I think I'm good now. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'm not hesitant to check back in if I need to. Or do you feel like it's something you have to continue? Like, what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, so I I've, I put I paused it for now, right? So I did it for about a year, and I knew through Military One Source I had 12 free sessions. So you know, not that that was the the hard stop, but that was kind of my horizon I was working on. I'd say about like after you know seven or eight sessions, I would start asking the ther- my therapist, um, "Hey, man." How much longer should I do this? And yeah. she kind of put it on me. Like it's up to you. You know what are you comfortable with? And I would say, well, you know, I think I'll come on back. And then uh, once I got up to you know towards that twelve point, uh, twelve session mark, um, I thought, you know, I think I think I'm good. You know, I yeah, I, I don't think I need to keep keep doing this. I'm in a good spot. You know, I kind of see where my my life is. You know, for the immediate future, and I'm good. But you know as, as I transition back into you know, a little more, uh, you know, stressful work environment, it's definitely on my to-do list is to, to get back into therapy. Just, you know, if anything, just a kind of a preemptive thing. Um, yeah. Very cool. Help me stay the course. Yeah.
0: Um, any, any other things? So we talked about therapy, um, which obviously, you know, I just love exploring healing modalities, right. Uh, the last guy, I talked to you, did like an ayahuasca experience in Costa Rica. and I'm certainly not saying that that's for everybody. Right. And maybe therapy isn't for everybody. Right. But maybe exercise is not, you know, somebody's, somebody's thing, right. It may not work for them. Every, I think everybody has, you know, certain things that can help them be a better version of themselves. Right. So yeah. other than therapy, uh, what would you say have been some of the things you said running, but what were, what would be some of the things, maybe if you were to on the other side now, of you know, having gone through this, uh, and, and you, you never arrive, right. You're not, you're not enlightened. You're a smart guy. Very happy to say that out loud. You're extremely <laughs> intelligent individual and I'm proud to know you, but you know, you're not enlightened. Neither am I, uh, you know, and, and you may find yourself here some, some other time, and you'll have to go back to that healing modality, but what other than therapy would you like maybe potentially recommend to another person that that has worked for you? Or if I'm, yeah, if I'm I think, semen bayless, right. And I'm coming into your cabin, like, you know, give me, give me some healing modalities that, uh, you know, may help me out.
1: Yeah. So I, I would start with, uh, you know, what do you, what do you enjoy doing? Right. What, what makes you happy? What, what brings you peace and happiness and, and, and go from there. Right. So, and obviously things that are not, not destructive and, you know, help you be a better person. Um, but I definitely think, you know, when you're talking healing, healing modalities, uh, you know, talked about this, but exercise, uh, just being outdoors and and doing something to get that blood flow and to get that motion. Um, I think you've, you've got to, you've got to make that a a part of your life and make that, um, something that's, uh, you you work, work into there. Um, but you know, again, like what, what do you enjoy? I mean, for me, it's, it's exercise, you know, something I really do enjoy. I like the way it makes me feel. Um, but I've done a lot of reading. Um, you know, it's another thing that I, I like to do. Um, And then, you know, spending time with my family, Um, you know, like we talked earlier, um, getting getting to do that. uh, That's been rejuvenating. Um, Just been spending time with my son and my wife and, uh, you know, the quality time there. Um, Yeah. But, you know, for for Seema Bayless, you know, that those are the kind of things I would kind of start offering is, uh, you know,
0: things to do. Yeah. What uh, have you you read five love languages? I have. Yeah. I mean, that quality time. know if that's one of your love languages that and it's hard to do in the military, right? You know, I think uh, I'm kind of on a tangent here, but you know, you we do I think we do a little bit better when you're in port, right? Or when you're when you're in a a stand down period of giving some some leeway there. But being away from your family for seven months straight is not normal. It's it's not a normal thing, right? Especially if quality time is your love language. So it's finding those other healing modalities, like you said, like Definitely, I'm always recommending books on here. We're definitely always talking about stuff like that, uh, <clears throat> mindfulness, meditation, healthy diet. You just you just yeah. mentioned. Yeah, I mean, you you really. Sometimes I had a guy on, uh, Jason's a friend of mine that, uh, we talked about some mental health struggles he had and he was like, just hydrate. Like it's like, it's like a lot of people are just dehydrated, man. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. It's true. Yeah. It can make you feel like crap. So, I mean, you guys, yeah, that's a good point. I'd never really thought about it. He's like, yeah, it's just so simple. Like people just need to like drink more water, man. So yeah, more,
1: more water, less uh, Red Bull.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Monster. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, okay. You know, I, I shame on me. I didn't give you this as a heads up, but I ask everybody this question and uh, I apologize, but you know, it's a, it's a lesson learned from me that where I think I talk about it in the talk. I, I, I usually try to somehow get to this point, but there was definitely, I focused so much on my reputation and my you know, my legacy and how I was going to be the next 06 deck LDO, right, that I kind of lost sight of my character and my value system. And what shores that up is virtues, right? So if you have a set of virtues that builds your value system, then that kind of creates your exterior character that, you know, exudes or that people can observe, right? But had I only right. focused on my character, I feel like my reputation and legacy would have taken care of itself, right? I wouldn't have had to try so hard, like thou does protest too much, right? Um, yeah. So my question to you would be, you know, just How would you hope others describe your character? What do you strive to uh, embody as your own character, Uh, and and what kind of actions do you take to ensure that that happens?
1: Yeah, so you know when it comes to character, I think things like uh, you know um, integrity, like that's kind of at the core, right? And I think when we think of integrity, there's the uh, the lying, cheating, and stealing, you know, kind of lens we look through like being honest and truthful and, and doing the right thing uh, but when I think of integrity I also think of you know kind of living like a, a true life right so you know you you live with integrity and, and your words match your actions and you know you're you're strong like you, know, you think of a building with integrity like it's, it's strong um you know, within and can withstand a lot so um I, I think you know, that that's a big piece um when it comes to you know living with character being a person of character um but you know i, I think also um when it comes to legacy and, and others love you know caring you know i i always you know, try to make that a big point I, I told my crew every opportunity i could like i love them and uh because it's like like your family right and you know when you approach you know, the people that you work with and you're responsible for uh, from a family standpoint you know i think that that kind of puts it in perspective and, and when you love somebody it doesn't mean you just give them everything they want you give them what they need yeah. and sometimes that's you know you know pat on the back and sometimes it's a kick in the butt right yeah uh, but you do it because you love them um, so you know I, I hope i've uh led that way and lived that kind of life um, but you know so I ho- hopefully that answers your question
0: no, you did. Yeah. And I would definitely say you're a man of high integrity. And I've also heard you say, you know, that you love the crew on the one MC. And I always thought that was really neat. I've never heard another leader say that. And what's, what's cool about that, not, not to steal into your thunder, the, the, the senior man should always get the last word, right? But this is my show. So <laughs> But yeah. uh, the, the you're uh, much more
1: articulate than I
0: am. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but love is such a powerful emotion, right? It is the most powerful yeah. emotion. So if someone feels loved, uh, even even at the just most fundamental level that you know you love the work that they do or you love that they're here today, right? If they just they just feel that, you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna be better human beings for you. Right. And it's it's mutually beneficial. It's an energy that's reciprocal in both directions. So I, I love talking about love, man. Like especially yeah. as especially as like military men, right? Like everybody, like I'm tattoos on my hands. You know what I mean? Like, uh, let's talk about love. Like, uh, you know, it's not, yeah. it's, it's not a Love and
1: therapy. It's what we talk about.
0: Yeah, that's exactly, dude. I don't want to talk about weather and sports. Like that's not cool. To me. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. Uh, any, I, you know, I guess I'll, I will let the, the senior man have the last word, but before <laughs> I do that, you know, again, I, I'd just like to close out with gratitude. I really appreciate you not only, uh, you know, being such a great leader for our nation, but also sharing your story so uh, so openly, right, and and in, a, in an effort to help others, writing the blog post, coming on the podcast, uh, you know, it, it really takes a different type of courage that we're not used to hearing about, right, and we need to get, I think we're doing better, we're training in the right direction, but this type of courage is the kind of courage we need to see in men and women that live in integrity, like you talked about, so I'll, I'll send it over to you for any, any last words, man.
1: Uh, I appreciate it, uh, Jeff. And, you know, I do want to say when I, I, I wrote that post and I, I put it up there on the or US and I put it up on their blog website uh, that the feedback that I've gotten is just, it's been overwhelming and the, the range of people I've heard from, and it, it's all positive. And I just want to share with your audience that the, uh, and it, you know, all military folks, mostly military folks, Uh, the amount of people uh, from enlisted to, you know, senior officer, people who go through stuff and have gotten help and gone and talked to a therapist, not lost a security clearance, uh, you know, not had any issues and and been able to kind of keep charging. Uh, It is, it it just amazes me. I mean, even today, I got a note from a a former shipmate of mine, a former command master chief that I've served with in the past. And this dude is like, the hardest dude that I've ever met, like poster boy, you know, military bearing, um, and just a fantastic man, um, told me that when he was a master chief, you know, he was on shore duty and, you know, going through some stuff and went and talked to a therapist, uh, you know, several times and it kind of helped him get his head on. Right. And he kept, kept on going. And, uh, you know, so I just want people to know it's, it's okay. Right. It's okay to go through stuff. It's okay to, to go get help. And, um, and you know, and I, I'm telling you, I did it, and this is why I wrote the article. I, I did it, and there was a transformational experience. I'm glad I did. So, um, you know, I just wanted to share that with the audience that, um, you know, was, if you feel like you're alone, you no, know, there's there's a lot of other people going through some stuff too, and they've they've gotten help. So you can too.
0: Hey, man. All right, you're the real deal. I appreciate you.
1: Hey, thanks, Jeff, and just uh, you know, again, thanks so much for the opportunity to come come chat with you and uh, share my story and uh, I love what you're doing.
0: Yeah, it's an honor, man. I appreciate it. All right. Out here. All right, guys, there you go. Well, you know, what a story. Very, um, very humble man. Right. Uh, And, and also incredibly sharp. Uh, So, you know, for, for the listener, you know, I hope you got something out of it. I'm pretty sure you did. But again, uh, if you know somebody that, uh, you know, maybe just kind of going through a rough patch, maybe maybe share this episode with them just to let them know that they're not alone. And, you know, no matter up and down, you know, in the military, you know, we'd call a chain of command or, you know, rank structure, uh, but just across all boards, uh, military or not, you know, you're not alone, that everybody has a season, a chapter, uh, a time in their life where it's prudent and appropriate to take a knee, get the help they need so they can come back in the fight stronger. Uh, so if I can help you do that, please reach out Jeff Bayless underscore on Instagram. And uh, yeah, we'll chat next week on the evolution podcast.